AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. This is Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Today in studio, I have a good friend, colleague, and uh, co-member of the Let's Be Clear Georgia organization. I have Dr. Greg Raduca, who is the executive director and CEO of Let's Be Clear Georgia. This is a collaborative um involving a number of organizations as well as individuals who are dedicated to trying to prevent marijuana abuse. Um, if you're interested in learning more about uh, these initiatives, please check out the website at www.clearga.org. That's C-L-E-A-R-G-A.org. And before I actually welcome Dr. Raduka, I would like to encourage all of our listeners to keep pen and paper close by because we're going to be giving you a number of resources and websites throughout the broadcast so that you will be able to learn more information or clarify some of the things that we may be talking about today. So keep that handy and we'll uh, we'll keep you busy with it. So thank you very much, Dr. Raduca, for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Blank. Greatly appreciate it. Our topic today is an update on medical, and I'm using quotes for those of you who are not watching us online. I'm using air quotes, um, medical marijuana. Um, and I think that um, certainly, Dr. Raduka, you spend um, a lot of time working, um, learning, and studying about these, um, not only the so-called medical marijuana, but also some of the initiatives and some of the uh, bills that are up before the state legislature, I know here in Georgia, but also around the country, and working with other organizations like SAM, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, and, and other groups to try and make sure that the the most uh, up-to-date information um, is available for people, particularly on that Let's Be Clear Georgia website. So I thank you for your work, and I welcome you today. Very welcome. So, you know, I think this is such a confusing subject, and people have lots of opinions. Usually it's one of those things that you either come down really hard on the side of pro or con, but there's a lot of confusion about the idea, is marijuana good for you? Could there be a medical marijuana that could be help, helpful for people? Well, it's a great question. Um, there are many, many very, very good people who think that uh, medical marijuana is, is a very wonderful, good thing, even though they may have never smoked a joint in their life. You know, <laughs> Aunt Lucy or uh, Uncle Pete just think it's, it's wonderful from what they've seen on TV, what they've read in the newspapers, uh, what they may have seen on the Internet. Uh, and so it's very understandable that uh, so many people think medical marijuana is, is a very good thing. Uh, and that does include children, by the way. When I've done some uh, presentations to uh, elementary, middle, and high schoolers, when mm -hmm. I poll them and ask them to raise their hands if they think marijuana is a medicine, uh, just about every hand uh, goes up. Um, that's it's, a little frightening. It, it is a little frightening because um, while, a, as you know, Dr. Blake, uh, marijuana has uh, 
help, helpful medicinal ingredients in it, um, the, the plant marijuana uh, can be very, very harmful when, when smoked, especially when smoked by young children, uh, when smoked on a regular basis. Regardless of how old you are. Regardless. Um, because of the effects that marijuana itself, whether it's taken in an edible form or whether it's um, smoked and inhaled, uh, does have a lot of action on the brain. And if the brain is particularly a young brain that's growing and developing, I think this is, for me personally, one of the big concerns. And we've seen this with tobacco. Uh, and other drugs that as young people have a decreased sense of a potential danger or a problem with it as they become more comfortable or have a change in opinion about how significant damage or how lethal this might be, then we see the use of that particular substance going up. So as the young people that you're interviewing or that when you go and and give lectures and education are responding in a way that uh, would indicate that they think that this is a medicine and therefore should be something that would be helpful, their concern about the danger would go down. And my fear is that as it is more accessible, so will their use of this substance go up, then greatly affecting the actual development of their brain. All all very, very excellent and accurate points. Uh, Just like uh, there's no such thing as medical opium, but there are derivatives from opium that are very useful and medical in nature, such as morphine, there's, there really is no such thing as medical marijuana per se, although some of the ingredients have been shown to be very effective. For example, with uh, pediatric epilepsy with children with intractable seizures. Um, and there is a alternative being developed um, uh, at um, Augusta University, used to be called GRU, uh, called Epidiolex, which has gone through the FDA trials and contains a derivative of marijuana called CBD or ca- cannabidiol, which has been proven to be very helpful. Um, but just like you wouldn't smoke opium to get the morphine, it's not suggested to smoke marijuana to get the CBD. Um, you know, like the AMA says, uh, medicine is just not smoked. Um, and eating it can have the same harmful effects as you mentioned. Um, as you mentioned also, uh, when adults uh, make these drugs legal, um, naturally young people are going to think uh, that they're not harmful. Um, in fact, many young people think not only are they not harmful, but they're good for you since, since it's medicine. And if any particular uh, statistical relation holds true in the alcohol and drug world, it's that as perception of harm goes down, uh, use increases. Uh, And that's a very clear statistic that we've seen over the years with the National Household Survey and other surveys that are done regularly looking at uh, people's attitudes opinions about the dangerousness of things like wearing a seatbelt or uh, driving with someone who is intoxicated. They also ask these young people about their perceived uh, 
concern or the potential harm of using certain types of drugs. And they also ask them how hard they think they would be to get or do they know other people who are using them. And these surveys are, are very interesting and have been done for many years and are helpful I know uh, to me and to my colleagues, and I'm sure to um, the folks uh, at the Council on Alcohol and Drugs and other prevention agencies, it's very important to understand this very concerning relationship between perceived harm going down and increased use. It, it sure is. And, uh, you know, in fact, uh, the drugs that are legal or the classes of drugs that are legal uh, actually cause uh, most uh, deaths in America. Uh, you know, there's uh, tobacco, approximately 450,000 deaths a year, alcohol, about 80,000 deaths, prescription drugs, 21,000 deaths. So there's a real argument against legalizing yet another drug uh, and there's no reason to think that marijuana isn't going to cause more deaths uh, if it's legalized because for in, in Colorado, for example, uh, the number of fatal car accidents uh, involving marijuana has doubled in the last several years. So it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, many good people, again, um, all they hear, all they see or read is really coming from the marijuana industry channel through the media. Radio shows like this, unfortunately, are just not uh, happening often enough in the United States. The hope is that as the results from the Colorado and Washington experiments uh, become more available and more visible as the years go by, people are going to realize that uh, a lot of what's happening in Colorado is a real nightmare. Just talk to Colorado law enforcement. I think that's uh, unfortunately not the side, like you say, that most people hear about. It's not the information that most folks have available to them. But there are a number of organizations that I know you're familiar with that have done a, a very impressive job, in my opinion, in terms of swaying public opinion, in terms of educating the populace to the idea that this is a harmful, or excuse me, a harmless substance and that not only should it be used in a medical situation, but we should legalize this recreationally. Yeah, thank you so much for those compliments. Um, we There is a, uh, as you mentioned on the outset of the show, uh, Let's Be Clear Georgia, a collaborative to prevent marijuana abuse. Uh, we now have over 300 member agencies, companies, and individuals across the state of Georgia. Uh, we would love for some of your listeners to join us, uh, if they would. And you can find out information about how to join the collaborative uh, on the website, uh, clearga.org. Very, um, very good information and very timely information. So these other organizations, I know there's a a group called Normal, and I, I think that there's some interesting quotes that have come from the leader of this organization regarding their intent around uh, the use and the uh, increasing availability of marijuana. I know that you're familiar with that. Can you um, share that with us? 
Yes, it's it's very very true that uh, the founder of uh, Normal, which is a, a pro marijuana organization, uh, years ago, back in 1979, in an interview uh, with the Emory University student newspaper, uh, said that uh, medical marijuana uh, was a red herring for the real issue, and and the real issue was getting recreational marijuana passed. But he did say that uh, medical marijuana would be uh, their way of getting to them, getting to us, in other words, uh, to use it as as a red herring, as something that would distract attention uh, from the real issue. And uh, they have been very successful uh, in the way they've gone about uh, trying to get marijuana legalized. It's, it's worked really well. It has, and as we've seen state after state accept and uh, put into their state laws, though let's be very clear, no pun intended, let's be very clear that this is still a, a, a Schedule One illegal substance in the United States, according to the federal government, but states have changed their local laws and have um, made medical marijuana available. They have decriminalized uh, the use of marijuana, and then we've seen over the last year a number of states that have actually accepted the use of recreational marijuana and have provided the marijuana to anyone who wants to buy it. So this gradual kind of increase in not only information to the population, but decreasing the appearance of harm, decreasing the appearance of risk makes it one of those things that allows this progression and it seems to move faster and faster. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about is marijuana really medicine? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Dr. Susan Blank on Detailing Addiction, and my guest in studio today is Dr. Greg Guarduca, who is the Executive Director and CEO of Let's Be Clear Georgia. This is a collaborative um, groups, organizations, individuals have joined together with the goal to help prevent marijuana abuse. And today we're talking about the issues around medical marijuana. But again, if you'd like more information, please go to the website, clearga.org. That's C-L-E-A-R-G-A for Georgia, ga.org.org. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about this um plan that groups like Normal and other organizations and um, interests, including I think the tobacco companies, uh, the interest in making marijuana a much more mainstream product, something that as we've seen over the last year, a number of states have actually legalized within their state for recreational use. But it brings us back to their red herring, which is the use of the idea of medical marijuana. And the idea, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult kind of marketing plan, if you will that they have developed. It's difficult to argue against trying to help people like the young children that have serious intractable seizures for whom other attempts and other medications have not been successful at reducing their seizures. And these kids can have seizures hundreds a day, which interferes obviously with their growth and development. And it's a, it's a true burden and, and, and lots of fear and pain that their families go through in terms of trying to care for these children and find a solution for this. So those, um, uh, folks have been the poster children, if you will, for the idea around medical marijuana. And that is hard to argue against. And if I'm, if I were a parent of a child that had this kind of brain disease, I too would probably be doing anything I could to try and help my child. So this has led to a very successful, I think, um, and I'm going to use the word marketing campaign to help people, and this isn't Greg's word, this is my word, (laughs) but a marketing campaign in terms of decreasing the stigma, increasing the acceptance of the idea of medical marijuana. 
this is a problem. We've had medical marijuana since 1985. There has been a prescription medication called Marinol. This is not the CBD that you mentioned, the um, Epidiolex that's being produced by GW Pharmaceuticals. This is a medical dose of marijuana. It's actually THC, and it is available made according to strict pharmaceutical guidelines. It is dispensed by pharmacies that are licensed and registered. It is written under prescription by physicians for certain medical conditions. This is not the, the, the medical marijuana that these folks are interested in. They want a different type of marijuana and they want a different application of marijuana. So the medical marijuana that is most likely available is this combination of both THC, which is the psychoactive, the thing that gets you high, the thing that um, distorts your time and your, um, your, your sense of sometimes reality, but um, it's a combination of that along with, as you mentioned earlier, CBD, which is the component, one of the components of marijuana plant that may have some actual medical application. So what, what is this? Um, what, what's the truth about this? Well, uh, I, I think you described it very accurately, and, and, and like you, uh, uh, my heart really goes out to the parents and the children uh, who suffer from uh, the epileptic seizures, which, as you mentioned, are so frequent. It could be 100 a day. Um, they seem uncontrollable. Um, prescription drugs don't seem to have worked. And so I, too, if I were a parent uh, that had a child that was suffering like that, um, I would be hard-pressed not to use some of the solutions that are being suggested. Um, in fairness, I hope all those parents are uh, privy to the information that uh, Epidiolex is now becoming more and more available across the state of Georgia. And um, if they want to contact me through the uh, Clear GA website, um, I'll be happy to share with them information on how they may be able to participate uh, in an epidiolex study uh, in Georgia in the in the future. Um, so, it, just want parents to know both sides of the story. But you know, my my background is as like you, a, a people helper. Um, uh, my years have been spent in, in treatment and prevention. Uh, on the other side of the story, um, I treated uh, hundreds of adolescents who uh, suffered incredibly from uh, their addiction to marijuana. Um, that's something that you really won't hear the marijuana industry talk about too much. It's similar to, you know, you're not going to hear about alcoholism in a beer commercial. Right. And yet 80,000 people die each year in this country uh, from the effects of alcohol in one way or another. You won't see that in a commercial either. Um, so it's just so important to get all the facts, uh, to get all the information. And um, it would be so easy to be swayed by sentiment, and I totally get that. But I think one also 
uh, has to become sentimental when you see the incredible suffering that marijuana addiction has caused to so many thousands of people in this country, uh, especially the adolescents. And, uh, you know, there, unfortunately, um, there's no reason why one can't be a teen potaholic. Um, I, I saw a lot of them um, uh, when when I was engaged in treatment in an inpatient setting, and it's just a, it's just a very sad fact that uh, is, the estimates run as high as one out of every six adolescents that smokes marijuana um, on a more or less a regular basis will become addicted to it. That's that's a high rate. Uh, even among adults, it's one out of every nine, eleven percent. So it's just not all roses, 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 and everything is just wonderful uh, when it comes to what's being called medical marijuana because um, even in the state of Georgia, the so-called medical marijuana that has been legalized uh, can contain up to 5% THC, the psychoactive ingredient that gets you high, as you mentioned. And in the uh, 70s and 80s, when a lot of people were getting really high and not complaining too much about the, their marijuana, the THC level was only uh, 3-4%. Um, now marijuana on the street is around 12 or 13%, and concentrates um, can contain as much as uh, 90 to 95% THC. So this is really not your... Your grandmother's <laughs> THC. This is not your grandmother's marijuana. This, this oil that um, that we're speaking about here in Georgia contain five per, can contain up to five percent THC. That is enough to have someone experience a high. It is enough to alter brain chemistry. It is enough to become addicted to, particularly if you have the genetic makeup and you've inherited the genes for addiction. This is not a a simple, um, safe, harm-free product. When you talk about the Epidiolex, this is actually made under strict regulations regarding safety, regarding efficacy, they know the amount of the CBD, and there's none of the THC in it, or very little. As much as they can remove, they do. It is dose-specific. You know exactly each pill you take, how much you are getting, and it's part of a clinical trial which means we'll actually be able as physicians and other healthcare providers to know exactly who this helps, what dose is needed, we'll be able to know what kind of drug-drug interactions might occur with other medications that patients are taking, we'll know side effects, we'll know risks, we'll be able to much more appropriately evaluate and then potentially treat patients. So having families or people who are considering the medical marijuana, they may really be much further ahead to be contacting you and learning more about the Epidiolex trials because let's talk a little bit about the difference between that high-level pharmaceutical grade product and what we're seeing in the CBD oil manufacturing. It's it's unfortunate that... um as you mentioned, the 
the oil that that is now legal in Georgia is not subject to FDA regulation. Uh, so that means that uh, what the label says is in the bottle may not be in the bottle. Um, and what is in the bottle is what you may be unaware of. It could be contaminants. It could be pesticides. Um, as you say, there are no standardized dosages that have been established by the FDA. Uh, so while it's understandable that people are trying uh, for um, – a solution that they just haven't been able to find through regular channels, um, it is very uh, important that they be aware of some of the dangers uh, that are associated with a product that has not been approved by and is not being regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. So the people who produce this this uh, oil that is a mixture of the THC, the psychoactive component, as well as the CBD, we won't really know the percentage because there really isn't uh, established any kind of testing or quality control. So we don't really know what's going to be in that oil, including, as you say, pesticides, contaminants, um, fungus, other kinds of things. And this is grown in people's backyards. This isn't under strict kind of quality control. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, the new marijuana bill in Georgia. Thanks for listening. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Dr. Susan Blank, Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. In studio, I have Dr. Greg Raduca, who is the Executive Director and CEO of Let's Be Clear Georgia, a collaborative designed to help prevent abuse of marijuana. And please... Check out the website, clearga.org. That's clearga, for Georgia, dot org. Before the break, we were talking about um, medical marijuana in general, and I'd like to now bring it back to some active legislation that we're having here in Georgia, because I think that while it is state-specific, our listeners may be interested in just understanding this process and what may be going on in their states or what may have already happened. So what can you tell us about this new House bill? Well, the new House bill, which is 722, uh, makes the old uh, House bill in our current law uh, look like small potatoes. Um, and the reason for that is that the new bill um, proposes cultivation, harvesting, manufacturing, packaging, processing, and distribution of medical cannabis in Georgia, uh, along with its commercialization, which means that um, the marijuana industry could advertise its product. The real difficulty with the new bill is that uh, chronic pain, intractable pain, is one of the conditions uh, for which medical marijuana would be allowed. And you as a physician know that chronic pain is a very, very difficult condition to document. Uh, About 90% of uh, the medical marijuana patients in California and Colorado, uh, something around that range, uh, are getting their medical medical marijuana for chronic pain issues. So if this bill passes, all of a sudden uh, Georgia is going to have thousands of folks who suddenly develop chronic pain. Uh, the problem uh, there is that uh, if chronic pain is, is allowed as a condition, um, it's really like de facto uh, recreational legalization, and that means it's just as if we were to pass a recreational legalization bill uh, because, again, uh, people can easily fake uh, having intractable pain uh, there's no reason to think uh, that they couldn't get a uh, a card for the medical marijuana. Um, that's the really the only way the industry can make money in Georgia uh, is if they have thousands and thousands of patients uh, seeking uh, so-called medical marijuana. Medical marijuana per se is not going to make money, as Governor Chris Christie has said. So unless these other conditions are brought in, uh, many of which have no uh, medically justifiable reason, um, then the uh, industry is not going to be uh, making money. They're not going to be willing to invest the millions mm-hmm. and millions that it's going to take to establish this industry in Georgia unless they can see a payoff uh, down the road two or three years hence. I think part of the difficulty with House Bill 1, which is the bill that was passed last year, the complication is that um, the having possession of this um, oil is legal in Georgia. 
but it can't be grown in Georgia. It can't be dispensed in Georgia. And the difficulty is you can't legally, because this is still a federal law, you can't legally cross state lines carrying it. So there has been this... um, pushback in terms of folks that have been given the cards that allow them to have access to and to possess this oil to treat one of nine conditions that was approved under House Bill 1. But now the the difficulty has been that for them to transport it is still illegal. And it has set the stage, I think, in terms of the Marijuana Commission now saying, well, this isn't fair and this is too hard. We need to actually grow this in Georgia. We need to cultivate it. We need to be able to manufacture that. And for those of you who aren't watching live stream, can't see my uh, my quotes, but uh, uh, they can't do that here in in Georgia right now. And this legislation is a move towards that, to not only expanding the types of illnesses and medical conditions, including, as you say, intractable pain, but now we're going to have the industry. Now's when the wheels start to turn and the pressure is on. And just as we've seen the problem with pill mills, uh, not illegal, but doctors providing large prescriptions of controlled substances with very poor to no documentation as to why this person should qualify it, my understanding with colleagues in Colorado and California and other states, this is a very similar kind of marijuana mill um, in the sense that, first of all, a doctor cannot prescribe marijuana. They can prescribe Marinol. They can prescribe Epidiolex if they have gotten permission from the FDA. But they're writing a recommendation. They're writing a recommendation for their patient to get a card. Then the patient goes to get the card. And this is not really uh, dosed or um, monitored in the way that even the pain mills had to monitor some of their folks. So the concern for me is that we're opening the floodgates for the the pill mill industry to become the medical mill industry medical marijuana mill industry and setting the stage again for the idea of perhaps legalization altogether of recreational marijuana I think those are all very excellent points. And and another point is that um, a physician uh, does not have to have their DEA license in Georgia in order to recommend uh, medical marijuana. Uh, They may have had their DEA license suspended, taken away um, by the medical board for uh, some malpractice issue. Um, And a DEA license is the license that's needed by a physician in order to prescribe so you wonder why that is not included in the law that a physician must have a DEA license in order to recommend medical marijuana. Question, as you're posing, uh, just like we uh, had a very a small percentage of physicians, um, but they did prescribe a significant number of um, painkillers, we, we ended up with some pill mill docs. Are we going to end up with some uh, medical marijuana docs who may be just as unscrupulous as the pill mill docs? 
and that's my fear. The other side of it is that in talking with some of my colleagues around, my educated colleagues around this issue, the DEA, which is a federal agency, gives me the right to prescribe medications, including controlled substances. So what a dilemma if I am now recommending a use of a, quote, medical marijuana for a patient, and I'm also... (laughs) have a DEA license um, because that puts me in potential conflict in talking with colleagues who practice addiction medicine or pain management medicine we are required to get drug testing on our patients who are on controlled substances we need to know are they taking the meds we prescribed are they taking them how we've prescribed them and are they taking other substances that they're not supposed to be including marijuana And many doctors will say, if there's marijuana, I'm going to have to change the treatment plan potentially for my patients because I'm under federal regulation. The DEA gives me permission to write my prescriptions. And without that, if I'm in conflict with the DEA, I really can't afford to do that. So it's creating some very interesting ethical discussions on the part of physicians who are trying to also juggle the federal versus state regulations regarding this. So we've got the possibility of unscrupulous folks potentially creating marijuana mills, but we've also got other doctors who may not have thought this through potentially putting themselves at crosshairs with the DEA. And and just to mention that um, in the newspapers and on the internet and in the bill, you know, you're going to see the term medical cannabis, and uh, just not to be confused by that, uh, it's just cannabis is just Latin for the marijuana plant. So they're really synonyms. It certainly sounds a little better, <laughs> or different. It anyway. seems to sound more <laughs> medical. It's Latin after all, but cannabis is really the same thing as the marijuana plant. That's a that's an important point, and it's interesting that they have changed the language um, with this new bill mm-hmm. to to use that um, particular uh, lingo. Right, I think that is a really important point that we went from CBD oil in 2014 uh, containing 0.3 percent THC uh, to low THC oil, as it's called in the bill, which really isn't low at all because it can be as much as 5%, as we've already commented on. That's certainly enough to get a person high. And now the new bill uh, talks about medical cannabis uh, in pill or liquid form. It's also making reference, um, and correct me if I'm wrong because I certainly don't want to give misinformation, but I believe I read that it's giving... uh, potential permission to the commissioner who's going to be overseeing this industry, the commissioner um, to potentially change the delivery method. That's of concern to me. Uh, The CBD oil, uh, excuse me, not CBD oil, the cannabis oil can be smoked in uh, vaporizing um, instruments that are used usually for tobacco or for nicotine oil. Now you can take the medical cannabis oil and use it in these vaporizers and 
it is still a very quick delivery system bringing that um, that uh, marijuana, that THC, directly to the brain in a in a very rapid way. It's no different than smoking the marijuana, and um, and unlike smoking marijuana, it can't be detected. You can't smell it. It doesn't have the telltale marijuana odor that we're used to having with um, with the um, regular inhaled marijuana plant. So. This idea that the um, bill could be continually changing and evolving, including changing the delivery method, is is one of the things that's um, of concern to me. Yeah, because we're only talking right now about the present version of the bill. Um, things could be slipped into this bill, and I, I predict will be, uh, before it actually goes to the House floor or the Senate floor for voting. Uh, I think we can look for additional things to be inserted into the bill. Very good point, um, Dr. Raduka, and thank you so much for being with us. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this legislation as well as things that um, local citizens might be able to do to help prevent marijuana abuse. Thanks for listening. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
Welcome back. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. This is Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. I'm very grateful to my guest today, Dr. Greg Raduca, who is a wealth of knowledge and information regarding this particular subject. He is the Executive Director and CEO of Let's Be Clear Georgia, which is a collaborative here in Georgia focused on the prevention of marijuana abuse. And for all of you, please consider... Uh, checking out the website or the Facebook page, clearga.org, and learn more about uh, marijuana prevention initiatives and keeping updated on information regarding the legislation. So before we um, took a break, um, Dr. Raduca, we were talking a little bit about this new proposed bill. And again, this has not been passed. This is not necessarily the final version. But in this is a, an expanded list of conditions that um, will be allowed to have access to the, co- um, the card, which will allow them then to have possession of the the um, medical cannabis oil. My concern is, uh, in terms of the conditions we already have, many of them have no documentation, nothing in the literature that supports in any way that um, CBD and or THC or other components of marijuana have any effect. The world literature is a very sparse in terms of any true controlled double-blind peer-reviewed studies that show that this makes any difference. And in fact, uh, if you look at the package insert for Marinol, which is the true medical marijuana we have legally available in the United States, one of the cautions is increased risk of seizures and increase seizures in people who do have a seizure disorder. So here we are now expanding this list again to folks who have conditions that there is little to no data to support the use of this. And in fact, in my opinion, some of these conditions are really um, not at all going to be helped and potentially uh, made worse by this use. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a physician as you are, but I, I know we're in agreement on, on so much of this. And to think about patients with PTSD, Alzheimer's, and autism, which are three of the conditions that are included in the new bill, uh, receiving regular receiving medical marijuana on a regular basis with a fairly high THC percentage, uh, I, I just really wonder about the consequences of, of that. Um, Many of my friends came back from Vietnam with PTSD, uh, addicted to various drugs, including marijuana. And in my experience uh, in the treatment arena, um, the use of marijuana over time made one more anxious and more depressed because they weren't dealing with their actual issues to a large extent. The marijuana seemed to help buffer that. But what actually did happen was that they became more depressed, uh, many more angry, um, more fearful, more anxious. Um, Alzheimer's patients are already uh, disoriented if their Alzheimer's has advanced. And uh, to give them uh, a drug like THC, um, I feel, would only increase many uh, of uh, much of their disorientation that many of the patients are already experiencing. 
uh, autism. I, you know, I just don't know uh, what the results would be. So just very concerned that conditions such as these um, are being included in the bill. I really agree. Excellent points. This is very concerning to me because these are already folks that have some damage to their brain. Their brains are not working in the way that they would like them to. And we are now adding a substance that is known to cause memory loss, distortion of time, difficulty with reaction time in terms of um, responding to challenges in the environment. So uh, to your point about the increased problem with fatal car accidents in Colorado, uh, reduced reaction time is one of the difficulties that can contribute to these kinds of accidents. So this is very concerning to me because this creates a problem when THC binds in the brain. It is a fat-soluble substance, and most of our brains are fat. <laughs> Where somebody calls you a fathead, you should be happy because they're giving you a compliment. But the idea that, unlike other substances that clear the brain relatively quickly, within hours to a few days, marijuana can stay attached to receptors that are all over the brain, not just the addiction center, not just the place that gets you high, but memory, motivation, balance, coordination, um, the speed of processing of information are all controlled to some degree or other by our endocannabinoids, our natural occurring substances that help with all of these kinds of activities and functions. Now we've got something that is overwhelming this system because it's much more potent and it's staying in the system. The person may not still be high, but they are still under the influence. Sometimes for weeks after a single exposure, this is where I'm really concerned. Right. Another concern is uh, pregnant mothers uh, ingesting THC in in whatever form. Uh, There's research that suggests that uh, children who are exposed to marijuana um, in utero may have problems in later life with paying attention, uh, doing work in school, lower IQ, uh, just having uh, difficulty with brain function. And again, many of these um, additional proposed diagnoses are found in children. And that, again, is, um, is a big concern to me. So I know Let's Be Clear, sorry, Let's Be Clear Georgia has some legislative goals, some ideas in which um, we might be able as citizens, as healthcare professionals, um, be able to lend some um, some wisdom and um, and help to uh, create maybe a more uh, reasonable and safe bill uh, yes and thank you for so much for the opportunity to talk about that um, as, as I mentioned if uh, folks want to join our collaborative uh, we need numbers our strength is in our numbers we have uh, over 300 members now but are certainly in need of more. Um, also, it's important for folks, if, if you've been impressed with what you've heard here today, to go ahead and uh, contact your uh, state representative, contact your state senator uh, about this. Um, there's a website that you can go to, uh, openstates.org. 
one word, open states, and then dot org. Um, if, like many of us, you may not know who your state or senator or representative is, you can easily find out uh, on that website uh, by you know typing in Georgia, clicking on the legislators tab, and entering your address. So it's very easy. Uh, if you can just make even a brief uh, phone call. Um, or an email uh, to your legislator about this. That's what they need to hear. Pretty much all they're hearing from right now is the marijuana industry. Uh, they really, uh, so many legislators just aren't aware of so many of the things uh, that Dr. Blank and I have spoken of today. And it's no fault of theirs because, again, the industry is in largely in control of the media. So naturally what they hear is going to be from, from the other side. So they, they really need to hear from folks like uh, you and me that, that there is another side to this. So thank you. I think that invitation, I hope many of our listeners will take you up on that. And um, so what are some of the ways that we're trying to help um, um, craft the bill or um, uh, educate people about the bill? One minute. Uh, (laughs) In the last minute. (laughs) There there are a number of agencies, uh, including Let's Be Clear, that are coming together. National Families in Action is another tremendous agency that is doing so much. Uh, They have a great website, the marijuanareport.org. Uh, with lots of factual information on this. Uh, we're coming together. Uh, we've got a set of legislative goals in regard to H, uh, House Bill 722, and people can find out more about those goals. Um, naturally, we, we are in opposition to the bill. We hope it's defeated. If we can't defeat it, then we'd like to shape it as much as possible. Uh, so that's what we're about, and if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Thank you so much for your leadership and your wisdom. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week on Detailing Addiction. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.